Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. What strategy do you recommend for someone, let's just say they, you know, you got 50 books now, and so you're reaching, you know, you've got a lot of people that are that those books are not as fresh as they were when they first got made. And so they're going to be wondering about, do I go and write, do I reissue that book or do I spend the time and energy and come out with book number two? And do I write a course? You said you've got, you know, you've had written bunches of courses, but that doesn't mean they sell. And so what do you know? I try and get on the speaking tour. What for someone? It's one thing if I'm an expert in plumbing or real estate or, or whatever, and I write a book, and now people know all oh, this guy's sold more houses or this lady has sold more houses in Florida than anybody for the last 15 years. And she's got a great story behind it. So her, you know, our business probably would grow from that. But if it is something, you know, you're not in that situation. And you want to get into some speaking and things like that. Do you write a book for that? Or what kind of strategy do you have for your people that, because you're post six books and Mm -hmm. post bestseller. So -hmm. you've got the benefit of time on this thing. And so, and also your post writing a bunch of courses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And looking back on those, those experiences. So go ahead. Well, just because courses didn't work for me does not mean it won't work for other people. I mean, it really depends on your audience. I have a pretty decent sized audience that does not want to spend money. Yeah, That's unfortunate. There are people with a tiny audience that likes to spend money and that's great. That'll work for them. It really depends on your goal. Many entrepreneurs do not need to write a second book to really, really build everything they need from that first book. If that first book is on the topic that they want to write about and they want to build a career around, it really can be enough. Yeah. Now, do you reissue that thing periodically or? It's nothing I've ever done, but I do think it depends on the industry. I absolutely think, I mean, You can make a launch out of anything. What we will sometimes encourage our clients to do is release your audiobook six months after you release the book because you get to make a big deal about it. And so it really, that a relaunch can be absolutely really exciting. Another thing, and we do this for people, is their first book, that's a bad cover. They didn't work with the right people. They're not proud of it. And so we will do a relaunch. We will take the exact same book and just kind of do a little renovation and it can do wonders. Yeah. Now, did you say you were starting a podcast or you've spoken on? I got into podcasting in 2015. So I got in very early. My problem is I am a Gemini and I change my mind all the time. So I kept changing the topic of the podcast, but keeping the same RSS feed, which only confused people. My most recent incarnation of that podcast is called On Good Authority. And I stopped recording new episodes right before my son was born. And I'm not recording any new episodes. And it's a wonderful podcast. It's all about launching a book that builds your authority. I interviewed amazing people. I interviewed Robert Greene and Chris Voss and, you know, all of these people. 
I feel that I've exhausted everything I can learn about that topic for now and exhausted everything I can share with my audience about it. So I'm retiring it and I'm starting a new one. In the last week, as I've been planning it, I've changed my mind about six times on what it's called and even its exact focus. But this is an exclusive because I'm really committing to this. What do you think of this? Success stories, and then in parentheses, start with failure. So it's about the failures that have led to success. Yeah, and it's kind of a reverse thing of Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story. You know, I don't know that. You don't know that? Okay, radio. Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story. He went for years on it. But that's kind of a reverse of that. Now, you would take like Ronald Reagan, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, but the rest of the story now, you didn't know that he was, you know, born in a washtub and fruit basket, Wichita, outside of Wichita, Kansas, or some kind of thing. But the rest of the story always was some kind of like, oh, you know. And so that's another version of what you, so Paul Harvey was successful with that. So you've got a good track record in, with that idea, but it was not, mm-hmm. not like you're, you're saying it. So, yeah, I think that could be fun. Can I tell you the way I evaluate those things? Mm-hmm. If you like it and you're excited about it, you can get other people excited about it. I totally agree. And what's interesting is I have a big publication that has will be supporting it and sending traffic there and all that. And I ran anyway. We had a sort of conversation yesterday about the topic and I felt discouraged because I had at that point committed to the podcast being about building a legacy. Yeah. And I always felt all disappointed. I was like, they want something on on failure and success. And I want to do it about legacy. And then I realized I was actually disappointed because I'm more interested in talking about failure than I am about legacy. And I didn't want to admit it to myself. And so now that's why I switched back to that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, just about anything. If you know, that's my judgment on most things. Of course, you ask people, you get their opinions and everything. But if you can really get yourself excited about something and you trot it out a few times and you get a good response, you're probably on to something right there, you know? But Yeah. I mean, I've had some pretty terrible ideas that I've committed yeah. to, but in general, yeah. Yeah. Everybody can have a bad idea, but you say it out loud. And if it still sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> when you're telling it to somebody else. Yeah. It's amazing how these can crumble in front of your eyes that sounded so, seemed so good to you before you said about loud to somebody else. Yeah, know. I'm a good storyteller, though. I can talk people into bad ideas. I really can. Oh, you can? Yeah. What do you find you're really good at and you're excited about doing in your role here? Like you were, you know, say you're really good at telling stories. And it's a shame that you couldn't be, uh, comfortable in marketing because you could be a really good liar. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> that's what they can. But in your role now of being a business person and running a business, what are you finding are your strengths and things you really enjoy other than meeting people and things like that? I think coming up with new ideas. Yeah. Um, and I also think it solving problems. One of my team members, you know, who does sales, you know, who's got a 10-year-old kid, when she found out that I was having a kid, she goes, look, you're the best problem solver I know. And you're always coming up with new ideas. And that's what parenthood is. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Those are my two skills. Yeah. And that's pretty much what leadership is too, you know, because Mm -hmm. when nobody else has got an idea, you got to come up with an idea. Yeah. 
when they're out of ideas, they're looking at the person in charge like, yeah, what do we do now? And so you can't say, I don't know. Somebody help me. No, you're the one. The coach can never show weakness. It's like, yeah. you know, it's always we got them right where we want them. And that's you're just buying time till you think of an, a good idea. Now, so you're not doing you're not continuing to do your mastermind group that you you did for a while. Well, I had a group that where people wrote books. I started it during the pandemic and it was a monthly membership and I decided to let it go. When my son was born, I saw all the things that were taking up my time and energy that were not giving me anything. And that was one of them. So I'm actually, I had somebody running it and I'm gifting it to him. I'm like, you take it, you take the members and you go do whatever you want with it. Yeah. And I know the experience of TED Talks, do you recommend that experience? People, you know, you have to apply for TED, the TED Talk and try to go through their process and everything. Do you recommend that for people to do that who want to get broader exposure? hundred percent. It's the next to a book. It's the next thing. I have a friend who has a company that helps people do it. I did three and it's kind of one of those things. It's like New York times bestseller. People are like, you're on the Ted site talking. That's amazing. It is a really great experience. It's a lot of work. The work is mostly getting a slot because it's not very organized. You kind of have to really go down a rabbit hole to find out even how to submit. And that's what my friend's company does. Uh-huh. And so the recommendation would be to try and find somebody to help you with the annoying part of it, right? With all of it. So her company helps you write it, helps you perform it, and helps you get booked. Uh-huh. Excellent. Yeah. And, and you recommend it strongly. So I do. Now, the books, if you were going to write, are you going to be writing any more books? Or are you consumed now with uh, expanding the publishing? I don't know. I imagine I will, but I don't know. Like I said, I kind of shelved that book on motherhood. Instead, I'm doing a column for a magazine on it. But I'm sure I will. I don't know what the next book will be. And as we wrap this thing up, I always like to give the guests the final word to kind of pass on to the people that have stayed with us, listening, following the bouncing ball. What would you pass on to the other entrepreneurs out there from your perspective and your journey so far uh, coming from outside of the world and never really thinking about, because I imagine you never really thought you were going to be an entrepreneur when you're writing those books. I didn't. I didn't. My final message is if you are doubting whether or not you want to build your authority through a book or any of the other ways, I'd really look inside and challenge what is it that's telling you that? Because if you have a message to share, if you found success, you can help people. So why would you not, you know, becoming better known is not about your ego. It's about getting to the point where you can help more people. Yeah. You've done a great job of doing that. Looks, it's already got 50 books out there where no telling the impact that's being made from just those so far. So I wish you the best and uh, we'll check in down the road and I'll find out if you're still living in Hollywood and uh, we'll find out how Legacy Publishing put it. It's uh, Legacy, Legacy Launchpad. Launch Legacy Launchpad is doing down the road. I wish you the best. You're a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good luck with your boy. 
Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.